0: A nation of refuge, Canada, land of the free, Canada. Redemption is coming, Canada, fulfilling our destiny.
1: Hello. My name is Larry Molesky and I'll be your host for this edition of the Good News television broadcast sponsored by your local chapter of the Full Gospel Businessmen here in Canada. Today we have a special guest. His name is Femi Ogrande. Yeah, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good to see you. Good. Thank you for t- joining us here today and mm-hmm. telling about, a, about your life story and uh, folks, you, you're, you're going to really want to pay attention to Femi's story. It starts off in Africa and he's going to tell us about that and uh, here he is in Canada. And it's a marvelous, marvelous story. So t- tell me a little bit about your family growing up in Nigeria, uh, parents, children, uh, schooling. Tell us about that a bit.
2: Uh, thank you, uh, Larry. Uh, <clears throat> I come from a broken home, hmm. uh, So I, I did not have the luxury of actually growing up under my mother, neither my father. Oh, wow. uh, thank God for grandmother who took me away at the age of four and raised me and gave me some values. She was an Anglican. I attended church with her. I never know what it was, it was to be born again, but I was a cross-bearer. It's an Anglican little boy <laughs> going to church. And I just had fond, fondest memory of growing up and being really disciplined very well mm. and giving values and work ethic. So that's uh, pretty much my upbringing. And so I went to school, learned the language. Um, so consequently, in, you know, there's three major languages in Nigeria. I speak fairly fluently all the three. Which is good. Uh, which, you, know, you know, I understand Igbo a little bit. You know, I can speak with the intonation. Yoruba I speak, but I speak more Hausa, which is another language, more than, any of my, more than even my own mother, mother tongue. So uh, that was my beginning. And uh, then in 1966, there was this Biafran war that really divided the country. And that was why I left the northern Nigeria to come to southern Nigeria, where I was born. Hmm. Then I continued my schooling, went to uh, high school, and then went to university. And as destiny will have it, I found myself going back to do a one-year youth service call which was a, was a compulsory uh, quasi military type, um, if you like, service to the country, and uh, I did that one year, and then when I finished, I went back again to do my masters, and then found myself again going back to the north, and working for about ten years until I exited from the country and came to Canada. So, what was your training then? What specialty did you take, <clears throat> Femi? I am a geologist by profession. And my master's was in mineral exploration specialty. And, uh, and I got trained in France as a uranium you know, uh, geologist. I came to this country also to study uranium uh, under a postgraduate training and fellowship award from uh, International Atomic Energy. And uh, so that's how I found myself in this country. So, isn't that marvelous that, that you come from a broken
1: home and, and you have to deal with that as a little boy? the hurt and pain of my mom and dad aren't around. Grandma does a good job of raising me. You get a fantastic education. I remember when I was at university, I was a school teacher here for many years in Regina and took the geology class where they gave you the box of 50 rocks oh, okay. with 50 numbers yeah, on them. You got, yeah. well, serpentine is easy because it's green. <laughs> <laughs> and onyx is easy, but when you come to some of the others uh, and you, you've gone beyond that and, and you, you can teach that. So that's a, that's a marvelous thing. Now, tell me a little bit during this time you went to the to the
2: Anglican church there. Yeah. Did you have a God consciousness? I honestly cannot well, I, I can say one thing though, that right from when I was young, I, I just did not like to sin. I just there's just something about not wanting to sin, just wanting to live a life of purity, but I didn't know how to do it. Right. I find myself okay, I don't want to do this and then you find myself falling into it again. But yet, and then I feel sorrowful, but I didn't know what to do about it, other than rules and regulation, no, don't do this, don't do that. (laughs) So I lived under that for a number of years, uh, including when I was in the university in uh, Nigeria, Uh, my girlfriend who became my, who's now my wife, and I have 36 years of marriage, um, and nine years of relationship before we got married. So 40, you're looking at 45 years of relationship. Yeah. Uh, we went to a Baptist school, church, church, uh, and we sang in the choir, and we were not even born again. We didn't know what it was. <laughs> you went through the motions of religion. Well, I went to a high school where there was a Baptist school, and yeah. uh, there was preaching about be born again, but I just, there was just no, well, again, I, I can re- backtrack a little bit. Uh, there would have been a confusion when I was in high school because my aunt that I lived with was trying to pull me to be a JW. okay and and so with that mix of going to a Baptist school with all all these Christians are evil the world is evil there's gonna be uh, the return of Jesus Christ which I know uh, but this present evil system we got to get out of it and Mm. and so was this confusion about Christianity was evil versus JW was great so, as a little kid, you want to listen to parents or aunts and everything. And then you were struggling all through high school, not mm. knowing, not defining who you are or who God is in your life. Mm. So, I live with the notion that God was a tyrant, demanding, uh, pushful, uh, that if you did anything wrong, he was out to get you. <laughs> so, you live with that consciousness versus, you must be born again, God so loved the world. And so there's this confusion going on in my life. And you know, and some folks that are watching right now, wherever you are
1: watching on television, you can relate to that because a lot of people think that God is just simply some, there, somebody up there with a big stick. <laughs> Every time you do something wrong, he uh, just gives
2: you a whack, you know. So far from the truth. And so, so far from the truth.
1: So here, you end up in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. You, your beautiful wife comes with you. Mm. Um, you're working in, in the business world with, your, with Uranium. Um, when did you come to the point where you, you found out about Christ the Savior,
2: Christ my personal Lord? Okay. Crisis creates opportunities in life. Hmm. Do not ever, we should never waste our pains and trials because those are temporal. They will pass away. I got into a crisis when we got married. I mean, we were boyfriend, girlfriend, had a great time and and then got married and was unable to have kids. Mm -hmm. And I knew for whatever reason, I wasn't even born again then, for whatever reason, I knew not to go to the hospital because I thought that was just not a hospital problem. Number two, I could not go to any shaman or herbalist or whatever. Somehow. Deep within me, I knew that a solution would have to be from God, wow. and I need this God. Mm. And so a cousin of mine who was also in the same similar situation invited me to a church. And we went to this church in the, just in the evening. It was an evening service. We met with this lady pastor who looked at us as soon as we approached her and said, Hmm. See, I see a barren field before she was speaking in parables I see a barren field before you and it's only God that can bring fruitfulness out of this barren field oh so she didn't know you at all right why she didn't know me at all but (laughs) I got a parable I knew exactly what she was talking about and it says but God is a God of mercy and he will show kindness and he will make that barren field produce and it says what do you want (laughs) Uh, and she says, well, do you have kids? I said, no. Well, that's why we're here. I said, as long as it solves my problem, I'm here. <laughs> so she said, well, she just led us to the Lord that very day. However, instead of me staying for the service, I told my uh, wife, I said, well, let's go visit my sister because I've been away from home as a geologist. I worked six weeks on the field, two weeks off. So I said, she has a birthday party. I wanted to attend. Let's go. But somehow, before going away, I remember the dream I had while on the field. This mm-hmm. was a vivid, vivid dream. I I saw that I was driving my uh, little small beetle car, and it got fi- it got on fire, and mm-hmm. somehow. Some people came around and just like an angel and they put off that fire, they put out that fire. And, and I looked up and I said, in that dream, I looked up and I said, your hand is too strong on me. Hmm. Now watch this, as soon as we left the church that day, we were going to my, friend's, my my sister's place for her birthday. This same exact dream I had played out before me. My car got into fire. Some people came from nowhere, put it off, put it out, and <laughs> then I looked up. Your hand is too strong. What do you want? <laughs> Marvelous. At that time, I knew God was actually wooing me. It wasn't being a tyrant. It was that He just wanted. I said, "What do you want?" It's just like I just felt this overwhelming love. Fire was put out, and I knew there's no question in my mind. God intervened. That would have been serious accident. Maybe we would have been burnt yeah. totally in that car. Yeah. I don't know. But that was the beginning of, okay, now I've just given my heart to the Lord. Few minutes after that, I had this experience that played out before me. That was a dream that played out. Yeah. I said, there's no escaping God. <laughs> so that was where I started gradually softening my heart. Or oh, rather, God started softening my heart towards Him. Isn't that marvelous?
1: It is. And you know, some of you folks that are watching at home, uh, you need to pray a sinner's prayer. And this would be a good time to do that. Well, certainly. You know, if you could lead in a sinner's prayer, and if you pray that prayer after Femi at this time, God's word says that you'll
2: be born again. So let's pray. Well, why not? Well, why why don't you just just say after me, Father, I just thank you uh, today for this wonderful opportunity and to be able to listen to a testimony that you are a good God. Amen. And so, right now, uh, I give my heart to you. Lord, I'm a sinner. I agree that I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. But today, I do commit my heart to you. I receive you into my heart as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you for washing my sins away and making me your own. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Now, if the person just finished praying that prayer, they should do what
2: you did after that. What, yes. should, what should they do? Like, well, what, how would you... Well, after that, I, there was this desire to want to study the Word. Which you never had before. Which I never had before. I was just... And then I needed to be part of a fellowship. Mm. I needed to be part of a church, a community, where I can be helped, where i can be nurtured and uh, where i can be instructed in the word of god and where i can actually feel i belong mm. to a family and so that was how i be- decided, became part of the family the church family and started obeying the word of god uh... not forcefully i just i just felt the desire to want to obey the word of god if this is the word if this is how to order my life then I might as well just do it. And I just, it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience of gradual win until such a time that that was in 1983 that I gave my heart to the Lord, April. Two years after to date, to that time, I had a wonderful experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Tell us more about that. It was, uh, there was this hunger that was just driving me. I was just, I wasn't satisfied with just going to church. Uh, studying the word, I just feel there was just something more. It was this knowing thing that was just coming to me over and over. So I, I was in the field walking. I saw one of my uh, co workers who worked for me, and I called him. I said, I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know you know about it. I said, I know you can lay hands on people and they can receive. I said, Why did you do it? He said, Well, you know, we're and walk. Why don't we finish at five o'clock? I'll come to your room and I'll do that. I, I could just not wait. I was just. <laughs> but before then, I was just, just this desire, just singing and was just light. I was just so light in this. You know what? Just, I feel I was floating. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So he laid hand upon me, prayed over me. And uh, first time he did, second time I said, that's okay. I said, I've received. I know that. Uh, I said, no, there's no evidence, but that will be evidence. By the time you come tomorrow morning, there will be an evidence. And guess what? He left, and I decided, I said, Lord, this is a challenge. If indeed I've been baptized, and I believe I've been baptized, you said, this sign shall follow. Uh, And I said, so I want this evidence in speaking tongues. As soon as I, I hardly finished that, it was just like a gush. Something just rose from within me like a torrent. Of water, I just boom, it came out, and I held the bed. I said, Whoa, "Who? Nobody's here." <laughs> so I did a little bit, and I, I, I you know, I just said, "Well, nobody's going to help me here." So I don't know what's going on, but but I know that I've been baptized, and I, that was the most joyful experience I had. The next day in the morning, I just woke up. I could not contain it. I just prayed in Holy Ghost, and by 17th of April, which was a day after I got baptized the heavens opened, and the Lord came to my room. See, isn't that marvelous? And we'll continue
1: the part of the story there, but for those of you that are watching, this man is an academic. He's an, interle- he's an intellectual. You could speak three Nigerian languages. Yeah. You speak I can in- understand one and uh, speak right. two very well. And you speak English very well. So you speak at least four languages with your intellect. And here, God gave you a language that you didn't learn, I didn't learn. Didn't take any training. Just stick, just came. Just came. And that may not make sense to you, but it sure makes sense to God.
2: Oh. It sure <laughs> makes sense to God. And but sometimes God gives you the interpretation of what you're praying. Yeah. I had some wonderful experience that I just finished praying the Holy Ghost. And I'll give you just one if you if you don't yeah. mind. Oh yes. I just finished praying in my bedroom. Here, right here in Canada. Uh, no, let me even do another one. I, I just pray in the spirit and I after that, experience, I told my wife, I said, a friend of mine is coming from northern Nigeria. He's gonna to come to our house that he just got a job going to Kenya. Well, it's like, how did you know that? <laughs> well, guess what? The next day, this guy came, and sure enough, that was exactly what happened. Another experience, my brother-in-law used to come to Kenya, Nigeria, brings Bible, and, and somehow we were in prayer in the tongues, I spoke out, and I said, well, this is, this is what I'm getting, that he's going to miss, that going, there's going to be one baggage missing, mm-hmm. but God is keeping charge of that, and because the Bibles are supposed to get to Nigeria, and they didn't have the money to be able to pay the excess luggage, somehow <laughs> it will come and they will give it to him back free. That exactly <laughs> happened. So God knows everything.
1: He does, doesn't he? Yeah. It's absolutely marvelous yeah. Yeah. yeah and you know even going back before that you look at the example of you being in, in the in the car the the beetle and it catching on fire God God's showing you that ahead of time yeah it and is. and you know what it doesn't make sense to the intellectual mind to the reasoning mind but it makes sense to the area of faith it does and trusting God mm-hmm. and and the practical parts of life mm-hmm. so take us on your journey after that um, you were away from home quite a bit. yeah. And you would probably rather be at home a lot more. So here you you are- That's a
2: geologist, is that?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's your geologist story. So um, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. God is leading and guiding you. Did your wife also have this experience after that? Well, she did,
2: because she was the one that actually prayed me into this experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's one thing, one great lesson I learned that why both of us were born again uh, the same day? We give our heart to the Lord. She come, she came from uh, you know a Christian home where they prayed, they knew what to pray. Well, I came from a, a rather religious JW type, forceful. You got to do this. Your parents have to be. narrow. Uh, You got to have your hair trimmed properly. You got to do this. You got to go out evangelizing. You got to record what you are doing and things like that versus someone that came from a Christian home where they prayed. Now, when we got married, she understood the role of the man in the home. And she encouraged me says, I want you to take lead in prayer. I said, honey, you just pray. You know, (laughs) you were raised for me, Christian. You know how to pray but she never nagged me, mm. rather she encouraged me. And this is a profound lesson that that was what created the hunger even more that she's given me the latitude to be everything that God wants me to be. Mm. And there was no holes, no holes back. So I went after that and that hunger just rose and rose. And then when I got born again, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, came back after six weeks, said, who are you? I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're so transformed, I want what you got. So I laid her upon my wife, <laughs> bang, she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that marvelous?
1: It is. Absolutely marvelous. So you stayed in the working world for quite a time. I did, sure did. Yeah, quite a number. And then God has transitioned you yeah. and your wife since then. Tell us about that.
2: Well, we um, came to this country in 1990 and uh, as a fellow of the International Atomic Energy. And uh, I got a position here at the university started lecturing at the former Saskatchewan Indian Federated College that's now University of uh, First Nation University. Yes. So I taught a number of years of teaching geology and math. And, uh, and then the Lord had told me that he was going to call me out of that. I knew it. So the last year that you were going to be in that university, you will not desire to want to walk again in the university. I thought, oh, come on, I enjoy <laughs> this. I know. <laughs> and then it happened mm. and I had to just buy out and just decided and then this same church that I was part of that was the only church I knew when I got to this country the Lord led me to this place they never had a building they had nothing it was uh... it was just a fellowship It's called Living Fountain Fellowship I joined and uh, the first building we got was just right here on this on this main Arcola uh... and then we moved from there to Massey Road, to uh, Parker, uh, Parker Avenue, very close to Campbell yes. and now we are on, on Pasqua Street, the al uh, building. So I've been pastoring uh, for the last uh, 23 years, wow. full-time, yeah. yes, and um, it's been just a marvelous, wonderful experience uh, to, to do the work of the Lord.
1: and and see and that's where you need because you deal with so many people not just the people on Sunday morning but the phone calls the hospital visits the the down and outers the the addiction problems Mm -hmm. and that's where the Holy Spirit living in you is beyond value Mm -hmm. because you go to visit somebody in the hospital Mm -hmm. don't know them Mm -hmm. don't know their circumstances maybe it's critical maybe it's not Mm -hmm. and you listen to God saying What's the, how you should pray, mm. how you should encourage yes so t- tell us a little bit about your ministry uh, in in reaching out to folks
2: uh, We do quite a bit of uh, mostly our focus is to equip and train mm. the saints for the work of ministry, not just that we do it, because otherwise what happens is that becomes so you become so. Heavily burdened by trying to meet every need. You cannot. You cannot do it. And so, what we do is that our vision is simply to equip and train the saints for the work of business. They do the work of business. It's not that we don't. We do in a way because we train and equip, but also we do have uh, so we raise people, we uh, try to get them to involve in society, not just church folks alone because the truth is that the, the church has been so boxed into a corner they're thinking that is when people come to our church or we go to the hospital that's the only place we can right. however there are you know the different strata of society the business uh, mountain the education mountain the government mountain the art and entertainment uh... the you know family the these are all spheres of life that christians need to get involved in now it's not a takeover mentality it's about influencing our nation businesses uh with a measure of the kingdom and what is it the kingdom of god is not in meeting and drink but it's in righteousness joy peace and in, in, in the holy ghost it's simply uh, what's the measure of god's god god character that we can bring into society what kind of influence can we bring into the mountain of family that is being so eroded, the foundation has yeah. being so eroded in our country today, uh, and, and even governance, and those are the things that we need to, Daniel was a prophet, statesman, he, he wasn't just, he wasn't a pastor, but he was in the corridors of power, and that's why I feel that I, I also have a call to go into the arena of government and yeah. to make a difference, not, not to bring my religion there, but to live my life before people and bring a measure of policy that shows to us that th- there's some righteous foundation of this country that is being eroded, and we're saying that, can we go back and visit that? Yes. Uh, we're not imposing, but we're saying, can we dialogue? Can we have a viral society? Can we, have, find, can we find a society that still believes in God? and we still have our peace tower, we have all these scriptures written. It wasn't written for any of, just for the fancy of it, but can we visit this again? Can God be part of our faith here? Not that everybody believes the way I believe, right. and we should honor that, we should respect that, but I have a serious concern that some things have been eroded. Right before us. Well,
1: you look at the nation of Canada when, when they went to name it. Was it going to be a kingdom? Was it going to be this? Was it going to be a republic? It's going to be a dominion. It's going to be a dominion because his dominion shall be from sea si. to sea, si. Pacific to Atlantic. And that's Correct. what our fathers based this country on. And, yeah. and you know, the work that, that God has you doing is, is a wonderful work, and God bless you in that work. But you and I would both agree we need to love people. Oh, wherever definitely. they're at, so many people hurting, so many people. Well, God says,
2: for God so loved the world. And uh, I hope Christians understand that for God so loved the world means for the church so love the world, too. Yes. That's We're not right. su- yeah, t- that we give us of ourselves, of what the ministry God has given to us, to share with people. Thank you for being with us. You God bless welcome. you. And thank, thank you, thank you, you folks,
1: for being with us.
2: Thank you, Larry. Mm.
0: Refuge Canada, land of the free Canada.